You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you for our first podcast of 2019. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm the youngest sister here in the Wondry Studios with uh, my sister Liz. Yes, I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. And Leanne, I got to say, I'm sorry that your one woman for your consideration campaign for A Star is Born didn't really pan out the other night. But there's still time before the Oscars. You can do it. There's going to be a backlash against Freddie Mercury. (laughs) Mark my words. And I'm leading it, Liz. (laughs) Well, this is Julie Dolan here in Dallas, Texas. I'm the oldest sister. And I have to say, Happy New Year to everyone. Here we go. 2019. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Which right. Leon says is a made-up year, that it's a science fiction year. Doesn't it? <laughs> Sound like the title of a horror movie? 2019. <laughs> you know, something about being an odd year. and Yeah. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. But we have a big show. I mean, we're kicking off 2019 big. First of all, stay tuned, because Liz and Julie... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Liz and Julie are doing something crazy, and they're going to tell you about it later on in the show. We're right. announcing our epic athletic adventure, and yes. the countdown begins. <laughs> right, right. Well, really, I think the countdown should have begun like years ago, Liz. But... <laughs> All right. We're also going to talk about our themes for the year. We had yeah. some fun on Facebook. You posted yours. I have a quick roundup of that. We're going to talk about that. Liz, you just have goals. Yes. You, you have a goal. Right. I, I have a, I have a specific health theme too as i you know i had my annual physical yesterday i learned a few oh. things yeah okay not, not all good fyi <laughs> not all good <laughs> well looking forward to that then <laughs> Uh, Julie, well, pe- this 2019 is really going well. Okay. <laughs> Julie, people want to know about that American that's been arrested for spying in Russia. You claim to have some inside details. You're going to interpret. I do have some insight on this, uh, Leon and Liz. Uh, we're going to talk about that. That's an awful situation about the American who was arrested for espionage. But I, I just have some insight I want to uh, uh, share. Okay. Yes, because you lived in Russia for a while and may or may not have been a spy I lived yourself. In, I lived in <laughs> Moscow for five years. Uh, yeah. I, I I know some spies. I know some things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And we have an entertaining sisters. We yeah. have some movies we think you should see and some podcasts we think you should listen to. So you're mm-hmm. going to want to stay tuned for that. But first off, let's just kick off our personal themes. This is something we do, and I've noticed mm-hmm. quite a few other podcasts have copied us. It's okay, Liam. Ten years we've been doing it's personal called, themes. It's called leadership. Okay. Oh, Liz. That's the way See, I embrace that. Maybe my word for 2019 should be reframing. Yes, um, that's maybe, a good one. Maybe it should be. I've heard that a lot on podcasts, too. <laughs> yes. Reframing. It's not really something I do. Well, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You just go with your gut instinct yeah. of what's bad and what's good. I frame it up, right? At the beginning, Liz, I just stay with that frame. <laughs> All framed up. So what's your frame for 2019, little sister? <laughs> right. Well, last year I had Proceed with Curiosity. I loved it. I thought it was a great theme. I'm proud to announce that now that is my personal motto. So oh, I have okay. elevated my theme for 2018 to my personal motto for all time. Nice. And it's, okay. you know, okay. now you got the frame. I'm not reframing it. <laughs> Proceed with curiosity. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So for 2019, I decided just this year, I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but I was inspired at Target. Uh-huh. I went, I had to get some Christmas <laughs> okay. gifts. Okay. Look. 
Okay, that doesn't even sound crazy for Leah. No, I love Target, and I find it inspirational. Uh, So I went, and I found a very funny dish towel that said, Every day I'm Brusselin. And it had (laughs) pictures of Brussels sprouts on it. And it just made me laugh so much. I took a picture of it, and I posted it. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? Every day I am (laughs) Brusselin. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means, Liam. <laughs> it just well, it's a takeoff of the song "Every Day I'm Hustling." Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, but it's Brusselin', Liz. It's Brussels sprouts. See, it makes you laugh. And it's it made, funny. And you know what? I've been Brusselin' for quite a while. If you know what I mean, yeah. like in my work life, working, you're Brusselin' the hell out of your work life. Working on my secret project, I'm Brusselin'. Like every night, I come home, I roast up the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Brustling, Liz. So it's both literal and metaphoric. Yes, Liz. Exactly that. Got it. And I got to keep rustling. Like every day I'm rustling. It's very layered, your theme, Liam, <laughs> if I can like say that. a Brussels sprout. <laughs> I, I know, Liam. That's why I said that. I, I'd enjoy eating more plant-based foods, too. So yes. that it has that. So <laughs> I, It can no, go so many ways. It really can. It's very, for something that seems so meaningless. <laughs> so for something that's a dish towel. I know. I feel really inadequate that I don't have merchandise <laughs> for my 2019 theme. Oh, that can be solved, Julie. You know I'll be on it. <laughs> all right. So so that's it. Every day I'm wrestling. <laughs> See? We're all laughing. I like it. Okay. This is hard to follow, Leanne, with that. But I, first of all, my motto is I'm going to write it down. Because as you know, the, my 2018 theme I, I forgot what it was, so I still have no idea. I have not gone back to listen to the podcast, so I'm starting anew, starting afresh. In 2019, this is the year of the child for me. It's the oh. children, both big and small, in my own family, children in my community, children around the world. That's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to try to bring a childlike sense of faith to my life and joy. I was going to add childlike curiosity, Leon, but you know what? I'm not very curious. So I scratched that. I would leave that to Leon. Yeah. Yeah. So I just scratched that. So I'm just going to go with the faith and joy and childlike energy. That's it. Year of the child. I don't have any merchandise, but I have children so and grandchildren uh, for that. Julie, well, that's a very, uh, I think that's a very meaningful theme for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Thanks. not on a dish towel, so I can't, <laughs> but, but it's very We're meaningful. We're not going to be able to monetize it, no. but, <laughs> but, but that's okay. No. Okay. okay. I think that's Liz, a great way to go. How about you? Well, you know that I've really been thinking a lot about my health goals over last year and going into this year. And that's why I started the Operation Sea Turtle posts in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Because for me, the, the sea turtle is my, um, it's my spirit animal. Mm-hmm. And it's because a sea turtle is both hard and soft. And it's both floating and directed. You see? So it's all a balancing act for the sea turtle. Mm-hmm. And I know many of you post pictures of tortoises thinking that they're sea turtles, and they're not. I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a difference between a land tortoise and a sea turtle. Mm-hmm. And I am a creature Lord, of the picky, sea. Picky, picky. <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, trying to, like, explain my inspiration. The floating They're very part different of it, animals. Yeah. The tortoise and the sea turtle are very different. <laughs> the floating part of it is important to me because yeah. I have not exactly floated through life. So part of this was some t- t- intentional floating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so an Operation Sea Turtle was all about balancing the fitness and the food and enjoyment of friends and family and this sort of zen-like embrace of good feelings for people. So... Um, And I think that worked really well for me. 
Uh, and I'm generally sticking with that. You see, I already posted my first Operation Sea Turtle uh, report. I do it mainly on the weekends because that's when I have time. So, and that was all in preparation for my visit to the doctor yesterday for my annual physical, which uh-huh. I know you've already heard way too much about. But, you know, <laughs> part, of my, part of my strategy. Seeing we're not on your medical team. <laughs> I have to agree. I have to agree. But, uh, you know, I just had some things that I was monitoring. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew from my last physical that my A1C probably deserved some monitoring. My weight always deserves a little bit of monitoring. Uh, Just general wellness, feelings of well-being. For me, that's the key. So I was like paying attention to all of that. So I had my lab work done before the holidays so that when I was with my doctor yesterday, we could actually talk about all those things. Genius, Liz. Yeah, Yeah. because normally they do it after you leave the room and you never really get to have the conversation. And honestly, Julie, the reason I did that is I thought there were probably some hard conversations to be had. That did not turn out to be true. Oh, actually, good. the stuff, most of the stuff that was monitored, it was improvement across the board. So, okay, Liz. So, well, yay. you've been working on it. Congratulations. Yes. And congratulations to other sea turtles yes. and not tortoises <laughs> out there. But there were a few things that snuck up on me, which just it was kind of, kind of demoralizing a little bit. The first is that I'm shorter. Yeah. Okay. That's oh, a yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, well, what just, am I supposed yeah. to do about that? Nothing. Are you sure you both shorter? Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens, Liz. Yeah. I, I know it happens to other people, Julie. I just did not <laughs> expect that I would actually it's get It's a shorter. stunner. I Yeah, I was shorter for the first time last time. And I've been doing yoga. That's supposed to keep you taller. So that yeah. really annoyed me. Yeah. As if I'm not short enough. So I went from 5'4 to 5'3 Wow. I know. <laughs> I know. I always think of myself as 5'7. And apparently, but I knew I was really 5'6 but now I'm 5'6". Mm. Okay. That, I, that does not make me happy. Mm. Uh, because, of course, it changes your whole BMI, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, the shorter you get, right. the math changes. So that's really what matters to me, is your, oh. your math starts to change oh. if you keep shrinking. Now, now, my doctor, when I asked her about that, she said, don't worry, those nurses out in the hall, they're very strict on that. So she's thinking that maybe, maybe they just pushed it hard against my head. So whatever. So that's not good. But then the other thing that went up, my blood pressure, which is something I was not paying attention to at all. And so that was a real bummer. Yeah. Uh, But the good news is everything I can do to lower my blood pressure are the things I am already doing. Good. Right. It's more exercise. It's eating well. It's less stress. It's feelings of well-being. So, you know, for generally my health goals, I'm just coming back to the same set of things I was doing in 2018. But I'm going to focus on the fun. So that's sort of my theme just for Operation Sea Turtle. Mm -hmm. Because I find that when I'm doing things that I, well, humans, when you're doing things you really enjoy, you're more likely to do it. Right. Uh So that's why all of the physical activities I've been doing, I've really been focusing on things that I enjoy doing. I don't go to any exercise classes that are a total grind for me. Right. I go to the classes that are fun. I believe in that. Um, Good idea, Liz. Yeah. Even the way I've been... More rustling in your life. (laughs) More rustling. (laughs) Well, it's interesting about the rustling, Julie, because the... I was saying to Leon before we started that that green chef who was a sponsor of ours. So I've really been enjoying that, not only because it's healthy food, but because it's kind of fun to cook because I am not an advanced cook in any way. And this is like a step up for me 
to have to get recipes like this and ingredients like this. And anyway, so I'm enjoying even the even the cooking is fun. So um, so that's that's I'm focusing on the fun, mm-hmm. but I have to kind of stay the course because of the two things that snuck up on me shrinking. <laughs> Darn it. And my blood pressure. She said it's my doctor said it's just aging. And of course, we know our mom and our dad both had hypertension that they had to be treated for. So anyway, it was some ups, some downs in the physical. So that's what I'm going to say about that. Fantastic. All right. Um, I just want to mention a few of the goals or the one word themes from from the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. These are great ones if you're still deciding what you're going to do for 2019. If for some reason you don't relate to every day I'm wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Here at the Facebook group, people said they chose one word and here they are. Vitality. That's a good one. Strength. Simplify. Mm. Clarity. Mm. Flourishing. That's an excellent word. Yeah. Fortitude. Yeah. Connect. Cultivate. Release. Mm. And this one I liked, begin. So Dana said her 2019 theme is begin because she's beginning her 50s. Her youngest child is beginning college. She'll begin developing a new curriculum as a teacher. And she's beginning her master's in the fall. And she's also taking her first vacation to Europe. And so she thinks that's the beginning of a lot of new travels. So that's a fantastic theme. So excellent, excellent work. Excellent work. Okay, yeah. Continue to share in the Facebook group. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Liz, did you have anything else on goal setting or anything? No, no, I, yeah, well, no, I didn't. We have, <laughs> I think I, I think I've said enough. Okay. Share your goals and the operation, sea, your fitness goals, share those and the operation sea turtle, uh, posts in the Facebook group. Well, this week I had one funny thing happen. I just wanted to relate here quickly. Well, how was your week? So, um, my oldest son, Brooks, who is a photographer, he graduated a year ago, and he's spent the last year establishing a freelance photography career in Los Angeles. Uh, the first six months were very slow, uh, I just, and, but the second six months he's picked up. He's doing a lot of assisting, which is good. That's kind mm-hmm. of how you work your way up the ladder in the photography business. That's a good thing. Good for him. And yeah. he does what's called digiteching, digital assisting, because he has a lot of technical skills in terms of color correction and Photoshop and photo storage and things like that. So he works with photographers. They're shooting. All the photos are coming into his computer. He's color correcting and doing that. And on set. And he's been on some super glamorous sets. And he's been on some sets that are, you know, small, grinding it out, lots of photos. And all have been good experiences. But Friday he came in and goes, Mom, I got booked. My first real, like, photo shoot job, like getting on an airplane. First (gasps) travel gig. Business trip. And I don't want to tell you, like, who it's for, but I can tell you that if he had to write a list of dream clients, it would be his dream client. So, like, sort of out of the blue, he got this. It was Friday. They're leaving Monday for Detroit, Philly, and Baltimore. And I... I went into overdrive. This was more nerve-wracking for me, seeing Brooks go on his first business trip than, like, giving birth to him, you know, <laughs> Why? starting Why him in leave? kindergarten, uh, you know, moving him out of the house. Oh, my gosh. I think, first of all, like, I used to do this way back in the day when I was starting out. I was a producer. I started as a production assistant and then a producer on these kind of small, you know, guerrilla team sets. And yeah. so I knew exactly what he was going through. Like, you're taking all the gear through the airports. You're going to three locations. You're outside all day. You know, you're shooting, shooting. You're going to bed late at night. You're waking up early in the morning. So I was super excited for him. But I also knew, like... (laughs) 
all the things he had to do. Like, first of all, he doesn't have any warm weather, cold weather clothes. I know yeah, that he's is a so, Southern California boy. I know I mean, that he's is he's going to need. Uh, he's going to the East Coast in Detroit. Ooh, that's going to be cold. in yeah. January. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I know that's hard for people in the Midwest to believe, but if you don't actually need to go buy three hundred dollar parkas and boots, you don't buy them. You know, <laughs> so I don't really think you can buy cold weather clothes in Southern California. They have fake cold weather clothes. That's you know, the for other the thing. Chilly 60, 60 degree weather. Yeah, right? that's the other thing. So like, he first of all, he had to like buy all new clothes for. Uh, of course, he lost his wallet right before Christmas, so he has no license. Or That's no. his specialty, isn't it? It is. It's his specialty, so he's just traveling with a passport, which is suspicious. <laughs> okay? It's very international. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, he, he's bringing all the gear. He's renting all his gear to the photographer here. So that's a lot of responsibility, which, again, I have done. I've gotten gear on international trips through through uh, airports. But you know what it is, Liz? It's a lot of lithium batteries, Liz. <laughs> oh, lithium and those batteries. all have to be removed and declared. Uh, and and he starts asking me about the lithium battery policy at TSA. I'm like, please check the Delta website. <laughs> please check it. <laughs> you know? We only know about the away luggage. Yeah. I, I like... And then at one point, like, uh, of course, I made the mistake of watching, you know, CBS Sunday morning where they did a story on, like, the giant long lines at TSA because of the government shutdown. I I was like, please leave four hours early. And then it was raining in L.A. And I was like, oh, my God, there's going to be so much traffic going to LAX. And then the final text I sent him was like, do you have your EpiPen? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he has some allergic reactions. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't I did not think I would freak out like this, but it was just all of it was coming back to me and that he was going to go off and do this. So I'm very proud of him. He's having I haven't heard from him. Like, uh-huh. I'm not te- he's on a business trip. I'm not yes. texting him. That's good, mom. I'm stalking but him on Instagram. That's... I am stalking him on Instagram. But um, yeah, so I'm very proud of him. But it just I was surprised how uh how stressful it was for me. Well, you were probably reliving so many of the bad things that yes. happened to you yes. on the same kinds of yes. trips when you were Brooks's age. Right. It's a, that is exactly right. And you yeah. don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah. I, I, you're 23. I was the same age when I was doing my first trips. And you don't know what you're doing. And so that's why you're also stressed out. So anyway, well done. Uh, he's what there. great experience for him. Yes. Apparently, he, he got somewhere because he didn't call you. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah, he did. His no friend... news is good news, Liam. I, that's what I think. So I keep did on Brussels there. Yeah, I, I, I was so stressed about him getting to the airport. I just went to yoga. I thought if I can't be mm-hmm. near my phone for an hour and a half, that will be good. Mm-hmm. And then I came out and there was a really cute picture that his friend had sent. Like his friend, who's also a photographer, dropped him off at LAX because, again, when you have all the gear, you can't really go park. It's complicated to park mm-hmm. off site. And like, it was just a cute picture of him waving, like going into LAX, like, I got through TSA, mom. <laughs> so, it's very cute. So cute. I yeah. got kind of choked up when I saw that picture. Yeah. Just because he's just such a young man. Yeah. Off on a professional adventure, which is thrilling. It is thrilling. I mean, it's what he wanted to be doing. So when they're doing what they want to be doing, it, it's that's very a, that's yeah. a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. it's a great yeah. feeling. It's a great feeling. Plus, the first time somebody actually pays for your plane ticket to go somewhere, you know, as a professional, I remember that feeling. It's amazing. They, oh, yeah. I don't have Live to pay. Yeah. They're, gonna, yeah. they're paying I have for an it. extra ginger ale yes. on board. Yeah. 
I know. Yeah, I'm over it now. But in the beginning, it was exciting. He was super psyched. He's like, oh, I joined that frequent flyer program. Oh, yeah, mom. Oh, yeah. They asked me for my number. I went out and joined it. I go, good. Way to go. Way to go. Uh, speaking of kicking off 2019 in the right way, I have a little thing I wanted to explain to everyone out there. It's sort of a what I did on my Christmas vacation report. <laughs> Uh, over the mm-hmm. holidays, we moved the whole Satellite Sisters archive from one hosting platform to another. You don't need to know anything about that or understand what that is. Uh, it just means that you will have more access to our shows. It will be easier for you. And if you subscribe to Satellite Sisters in an app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, all of those, nothing will change for you. Uh, and if it has, let us know. But nothing will change. You have continued to get the show. Incl- well, you're listening to this, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you got the show. Uh, the only thing that will change is if you listen to Satellite Sisters on our website, and we know that some of you do, listen at SatelliteSisters.com. And we always have a blog post there, and at the bottom of the blog post, there was a little player where you could listen to the show. It's going to be even better now. The player is big and beautiful and shareable, all good. The thing is, which, you know, Julie and I have both tried this out. I, like, went through the work of putting in all these players and all the old blog posts, and then I couldn't see the player. So I had to call tech support. Like, I did all this work. (laughs) I was kind of panicked. Like, you're kidding me. None of this worked. And nice Jonah on the other end of the line said, have you tried clearing your cash. I'm like, oh, I know. That's so obvious. When you say that, Jonah, (laughs) right. So my computer was automatically going to the old links rather than the new links. So you have to clear your cash. So we conducted a little experiment yesterday, didn't we, Julie, to see? Yes. Like, could you do this? Yes. The oldest sister. You figured if I could do it, then anyone can do it. Yes, that's right. There are very few things in life that work as easily as clearing your cash or clearing your history, okay? Yes. It's as simple as opening the Satellite Sister website, finding that history button or cash mm-hmm. button or whatever it's called on your browser, and then clicking the button that says clear your history or clear your cash, mm-hmm. and then restarting your computer. Yes. I did it. You can do it. It works. It totally works. And by the way, different browsers, like you might be using Safari or Chrome, they might have slightly different ways of doing this. So just Google how to clear your cache. Right. <laughs> and start with that. Get Let Google tell you how to do it. I mean, we're trying, but they're going to be better at it. And then yeah. just follow the instructions and do make sure you restart your computer because I made that mistake at the beginning, too. I was like, oh, no, you it's definitely still have to restart. not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So it's all good. You're going to enjoy this. Uh, the you know satellitesisters.com. We continue to put all of the links and show notes and everything there for you. And that will be now. It will be even easier to listen from there. So there you go. Happy 2019. I do want to remind. I want to remind people too that Satellite Sisters Talk TV still happening. We recorded our first Madam Secretary episode yesterday, so that's still happening. Just a reminder. Okay, but um, you can listen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hey, sisters, I, I wanted to talk to you about that uh, American, Paul Whelan, who was arrested in Moscow for spying. Uh, yes. This has been a big news story. First of all, that is awful. I mean, I feel terrible for Paul, for his family. I can't. Th- there are very few places. In the, I mean, it is one of the worst things I can think of to be in a Russian prison. So I am very sympathetic to his situation. You know, I, I agree, hope- Julie. I agree. 
but he strikes me as a total spy. Am I wrong? Okay. Well, Liz, let's let's just. Di- I, I mean, when I heard this story, I had to. I was like, what? What? Uh, uh, he has was traveling to Moscow. This was his third trip to Moscow. And first of all, I want to thank Kristen at our fa- Satellite Sisters Facebook group because the. De- Detroit Free Press has done an excellent job covering this story. Kristen posted a link from the uh, Detroit Free Press. So thank you very much, including an interview with her brother. So um, Paul apparently fashions himself as somewhat of a world traveler. He has been to Russia three times. Uh, He was over there ostensibly to assist a, a fellow Marine who was getting married and that because he knew Moscow a little better than other people, he was going to help to escort the guests around. But he was arrested by the FSB, which is the Russian uh, secret police, uh, because and they have charged him with espionage, that he was engaged in espionage. But here's the detail that's like, what? He was arrested in the Metropole Hotel. Uh, he was providing a secret list of Russian government personnel to a Russian citizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, here's the thing. The Metropole, Metropole Hotel. Does that sound familiar? Anyone that has read the blockbuster bestseller, Man in Moscow, uh, knows this story. Uh, the Gentleman in Moscow, excuse me, knows this story of this hotel. It's been around forever. Liz and Leon, when you came to visit me in Moscow, because I lived there for five years, I think, I believe as part of my mm-hmm. deluxe tour of the city, mm-hmm. I showed you the Metropole Hotel. Yeah, right? and you said this is back in the day, this was like a spy den. So it's sort of famous yes. for having been that. Right, right. That this is right next to Red Square. It's an old hotel. It's just, you know, all the rooms are are bugged. People are watched in there. I mean, so it is probably the most unlikely spot to conduct any kind of espionage where you have an exchange of data. That's it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like he read a John Le Carre novel <laughs> and maybe they mentioned this, but if you were really a spy, I, oh. I just I mean, it is as if you put up a little booth in Red Square saying spy information here. <laughs> I mean, there is no more obvious place for an American to be conducting espionage in the than in the Metropole Hotel. I mean, okay, you just so that was do it. That was such a red flag for you that you and your husband discussed and thought, oh, he can't be a spy if he was like right, sitting at the right. Metropole. Interesting. Now, I know a number of people have said, well, he has four different passports. Yes. But yes. But again, if you look at the backstory here, his, he is, his parents are British, but he was born in Canada. And if you are a British citizen and you are, you know, and you were you know, if you are a child of British citizens and you're born in Canada, you have the right to apply for both the Canadian passport and a British passport. Mm-hmm. His grandparents <laughs> are Irish. And if, again, you have the right to apply for an Irish passport if you are a grandchild of Irish citizens. And then he chose to be an American, so he carries an American one. It seems like a lot of passports it to does. me. Why does he need so many passports? Well, I mean, one explanation that his brother provided that it's much easier when he's traveling in Europe uh, that the passport lines, if you have an EU citizen, Mm -hmm. that you could go through, you can go through passport control much faster than if you're an American citizen, you have to stand in a different line. Okay. So it may be something as simple as that. 
It's a couple of hundred dollars every 10 years to renew these passports. Maybe he just thought it was kind of a cool thing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that makes four passports, even though it's unusual, I don't think that's what makes him his spy. Okay. So, uh, All right. And the fact that he's just, you know, his his you know his knowledge of of Russian seems to be a pretty low level. Uh, that they had, they've had some more information that now that he's in this uh, prison, you know, he's he needs money for food, for toilet paper, for soap. He didn't know the word for eyeglasses. He didn't have his glasses with him when he was arrested. And he didn't know the Russian word for eyeglasses, so he couldn't get a pair of eyeglasses. The American embassy and representatives have met with him there. I know the other countries as well are enlisted in trying to resolve this situation. It's a terrible situation, Mm -hmm. but it just seems like, were these trumped up charges? Did they, you know, did he just unwittingly fall into a much larger scheme that the Russians are trying to, you know, uh, create some kind of situation where they can trade Paul Whelan for perhaps Maria Butina, who was arrested and convicted of failing to register as a foreign agent here. Right, right, right. Russian. It may be something like that. Well, okay. Here's what I started to think about, Julie, when this story broke, because it was something you said to us when we were visiting you in Moscow one time, and we were at a big party, and you pointed out, I think it was a couple, it was at least an individual, and said, well, they're spies. (laughs) And, you know, because it is a nation of spies, as you have often said. And of spies. I have always said that. But then you said, what's so interesting is who they spy for. And yeah. so that's what I thought about with this guy. Like, just because he's an American uh, ad- accused of being a spy, like, it doesn't mean he's spying for America or against America or for... That's where my mind went. Like, huh. I started playing out the, he could be spying for us, against us. So, I don't know. I just want to point that out to people. You never but know. I don't think he would be conducting any of that in the Metropole Hotel. Okay. okay. All right. That takes all the fun out of it because you're 100% right. You'd have yeah. to, you'd just be a, or unless he's just a very bad spy. I think he's a bad spy. <laughs> you know, we all assume that every spy is like the Americans or yeah. 007, but they're not. There are some terrible spies, as we've seen recently, right? Yes. You know, sending emails and, you know, texting and like deleting <laughs> things and think, thinking Thinking it goes they're away. gone. Yeah. yeah. You know. I don't know. Okay. For me, the jury's still out on this guy. <laughs> I mean, he was court-martialed from the Marines. That says yes. something. He's, he's already right. done dishonest things. Okay. That well, is good coverage in the Detroit Free Press, if you're interested. Yes, it, it was. Just, yeah, yeah, it was a good story. So yeah. we'll keep watching. And really, I, I do hope he uh, is released from Russian prison. Yes, yeah. I do, too. I, obviously, I don't want him to be in prison, but I think it is kind of fascinating. Okay, one quick note I'm going to throw in, as long as we're talking about like how to approach 2019 and readiness. Uh, last week, they announced here in California that we have a new uh, earthquake app. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but, like, I think about earthquakes all the time living here in Southern California. Yes. Because, as we know, we are kind of overdue for the big one. So, mm-hmm. so last week they announced a smartphone app that uh, if there's an earthquake with a magnitude of 5.0 or higher in Los Angeles County, you're going to get an alert. Mm-hmm. And so I downloaded it. It's called Shake Alert L.A. 
It's free. Android. That's, that's a cute, cute name. Okay, so it's not predicting earthquakes. I, when you first set an earthquake app, I thought it was going to attempting to predict earthquakes. No, but it's, you know what? It's after you're shaking and rocking and rolling. It's going to say you're in an earthquake. Okay, that, good. Exactly, which spoiled all the fun for me because I don't really, when the earth is shaking beneath my feet, I don't really need an app to tell me that the earth is shaking beneath my feet. But this is a network of ground sensors operated by the U.S. Geological Survey, and so it detects the earliest indications of shaking. So you get an immediate message that the earthquake has started, and it'll be either light, moderate, or severe. So at first, I assumed like you did, Julie, like, oh, early warning system. But then I actually read the information and it's like, mm, you're probably going to get five seconds warning. So, so I thought to myself, what would I actually do with five seconds? Like if my phone right now, like we're going to get an earthquake in five seconds, what? It would give you time to duck under the desk there. Okay. Yes. Get you might also your... find out how big of an earthquake it is. Yes. Because if the earthquake, if it cuts power, you're not going to be able to turn on television. They won't be able to tell you. So mm -hmm. you might have that information. Oh, believe me, I signed up for it. Like, I'm not totally poo-pooing it, but I would enjoy more than five seconds. Like, if they could give me five minutes, that would be great. Maybe, and, maybe they're working on it. Uh, yeah. And two things I did when I downloaded the app is normally, you know, apps ask you, can we send you push notifications? I, no. Right. No, no way. I said yes to the <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to push to me, yes. And normally they ask you, can we keep your like map on? We're tracking you, your location. Okay, do you want that on all the time? And I always say no, never. You can never track my location. But again, for the earthquake app, I think it's important that they know where I am. So I said yes to the push notifications and yes to the location tracking. So there you go. I guess five seconds is better than nothing. That's my, yeah. that's my approach to uh, uh, Shake Alert LA. Okay. Well, Liz, here I have something, some news for you that I, I want you to take out your phone or, you know, or pen or paper because I have the top 10 celestial events of 2019. Oh. And I know how you like all things that are up in the sky. I do. And I saw this article. It was written by Jimmy Westlake, and he is a retired professor of astronomy and physics at Colorado Mountain College right there in Steamboat Springs. But it's an excellent list. So we don't have time for all 10. But here are some highlights for you in particular, Liz. January 20th, mark, mark that date, because that is when there's going to be a total eclipse of the super, super wolf moon. Okay. What is and that? I don't know, Liz. That's as part of this report. I'm going to say you are not allowed to ask any follow-up questions. You just need to write down these dates okay. and look up in the sky when it happens. All right. But a wolf moon is a super moon and it is 30% brighter and 14% larger. So, okay. you know, with that kind of statistics, you know, you're going to want to look at that moon. They also, that the typical of a super wolf moon is that it's very colorful. There's going to be an orange, red color, almost a ghostly glow to this super wolf moon on January 20th. So that sounds worth it. Yeah. Okay. Leon, July 10th, Ju oh, June 10th, excuse me, Jupiter is going to be at its best. 
Okay. Oh, great. And I know you only want to see Jupiter when it's at its best. <laughs> but once every 13 months, the Earth gains a lap on Jupiter and pulls up alongside Jupiter, so to speak. It will only be 398 million miles away. And that if you have a good pair of binoculars or perhaps a telescope, you are going to be able to see Jupiter at its best and perhaps even see some of the moons around Jupiter. Oh, so great. That, that would be great. That is worth Okay, August 12th, another favorite for me. That's when there's going to be in the annual Perseid meteor shower. And this is going to be the best meteor shower of the year. Okay, so you don't want to miss that. No, that no, sounds no. good. But okay? you have to go someplace dark to really appreciate that, right? Like well, in a lot of big you really cities. have to do, the prime time for this meteor shower is going to be 4.20 a.m. Oh. So it's going to be <laughs> pre-dawn is yeah. when you're going to be able to see that. And that it is, I, I think this is, well, I like meteor showers. I haven't, I've only, you know, sort of seen them in the movies, but I think this sounds worth it. Okay. And Jimmy Westlake has a list of top 10, all great things. You can just look up in the sky. These are for North America. So I think many of us will be able to take advantage of that. So, All right. So we'll that, have a link to the whole list in the show notes, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. You, thanks to you, Liz. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's why I said it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned because Liz and Julie are going to announce their big adventure. Yes. Uh, yes. For 2019. Speaking of... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, better sleep should just be part of your plan for the year anyway. And better sheets do lead to better... Better sleep. <laughs> the ad's over now. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dr. Liz. <laughs> yes. No, I'm sorry. That was my Thanks, Operation Ariana. Sea Turtle. Thanks, Ariana Huffington. <laughs> Carry on, Liz. Okay. Da, 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 da. This is the moment. You know, Julie and I have been, like, working behind the scenes on an adventure plan for this year. So mm -hmm. time for the big announcement. Like, at the end of this month, Julie and I are going hiking in Patagonia, Argentina. Yay! <laughs> Did but, you see that coming, Leah? Did you see it? <laughs> I I mean, you tried to rope me in, and my Liz didn't even get the whole word hiking out before I said, no, thanks. No, carry on. I'll just stay here and do the podcast while you go to Patagonia. Yes. Even though that does look amazing. Yes. I'm very excited. about It's actually walking and hiking. I'm more of a walker than a hiker. But, uh -huh. Julie, why don't you explain how we how we came to this plan? Well, it all started with Kilimanjaro, actually, mm -hmm. uh, because I was a friend here in Dallas had said that she wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro to commemorate a big birthday that she was going to have. And did did I want to do that? And I thought about it and I had mentioned it on the pad podcast. I got some excellent information from two Cathy's and a Corny about uh, <laughs> who had, all had done the Kilimanjaro trip. Uh, and they sent pictures and videos and they had posts and emails. And it convinced me that it was totally not for me. Okay. <laughs> it, the five days in a tent on the way up, I was out. So in a rash move, it was like no to Kilimanjaro Yes to Patagonia. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is a place in the world that my husband and I both are very interested in. We both we both love to hike. My husband is a geologist. And yeah. so we are going to be able to see glaciers and things like that. And, you know, I wanted to rope Liz into it because we've had some good adventures together. We went mm -hmm. to Australia last year. She Liz has also been with us when we went to Egypt. Mm -hmm. So that was it. Really not too much thinking at all. Just other, <laughs> just like 
No to Kilimanjaro, <laughs> yes to Patagonia. So, but we found a trip, Liz, right, mm-hmm. where we d- it's eight days of hiking. Yes. And, wa- and, and mainly hiking and walking. Walking Liz. and hiking. Walking, 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 occasionally hiking. And right, I, luxury hotels. I'll, I'll, be, I'll say yes, it. Yes, no yeah. tents. That, yeah, was there's no... Of, that was the key for me. And but I also think... roped in, I roped in a friend of mine from college. My friend Judy is coming with us. Oh, I didn't realize oh, yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. She's oh, yes. in on the plan. She was in and then she was out and now she's back in. Oh, wow. Because her work schedule kept changing. But now she's totally in. And Julie, she was approved by you and your husband because yes. she and I came together to visit you in Moscow one time. So you know that Judy's a good traveler and this is yes, going to be a good Yes, that's very one. important because there's no whining on this trip, Leanne, no. at all. Because, well, Leanne, I'll have to say that as I started to drill down on some of the details like this week or two weeks ago, I, I actually, I was like, are this this are these hiking distances in kilometers or in miles? Because it seemed like a lot. Yes. Are we really going to be hiking fourteen point eight miles in a day? I thought for sure that yes. was kilometers. Yeah. No, there's some big hikes, little right. hikes, big hikes. And then there's uh, the elevation where where you're thinking is that meters or oh, feet? Wow. Yeah. So we need to master a little bit of the metric system uh, in the next few days so we understand what we are actually doing. So what are you going to see? What What are you going to see? For people who, like, I'm actually, I just Googled Patagonia, Argentina. You're going to see some glaciers, yes. some mountains. Yes. yes. What yeah. elevation there are, are you There at? are epic peaks. There are all kinds of th- First of all, can I just explain where Patagonia even is? Yeah. Because I've been to Argentina many times because I, I worked in Buenos Aires a lot. And so I would fly in and out of Buenos Aires. And every time I was there, I thought, I wish I could stay longer. I wish I wasn't in such a rush. I would like to see the rush. It's a big, huge country. But Patagonia is like when Julie and I realized we fly to Buenos Aires, we're going to spend a night there, and then we take a flight to a town called El Calafate. That's sort of the jumping off point for us. That alone is a four-hour flight inside Argentina. And I was just shocked. I was like, wow, yeah. I mean, again, look at the map, people. This is a giant, giant country where at the very bottom you have Ushuaia. Anyway, so we're going to be up in the mountains for the whole time. We go to a town called El Calafate. We go to El Chaten. We're looking at a bunch of the big peaks, right, Jewel? And the, let me see if I can come up, like um, the... Cerro Torre is a very famous peak. We are going to be seeing Cerro Torre. What else? I'm not going to be good at this. Okay, but sorry. Just, but, 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 but Leon is a massive national park area. Okay, I just want to general... one of the most yeah. remote and unspoiled areas in the world. It has absolutely stunning mountains and glaciers. Okay. It will be summertime there, but yet, but we are, we have to prepare for all kinds of conditions. Correct, Liz? Yes. Yeah. So the yeah. wardrobe part, mainly that's what we've been working on lately before we, before we <laughs> memorized the actual ITIN, working on the wardrobe. I have a couple of things I want to say about that. They said, make sure you carry some rain gear in your day pack. And I'm like, ding, ding, ding. I don't own any rain gear and I don't own a day pack. So right there, there's that your shopping list starts there. And then rain gear, I thought, well, I do have a pair of pants. So I found those in the closet in Bend when I was there oh. over Christmas. But they're big, giant snowboarding pants. Oh, yeah. And I just thought, well, that would look ridiculous, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hiking. And it'd be hard to hike in <laughs> snowboarding pants. Yeah. So I had to buy a pair, just an outer shell. Um, I had plenty of rain jackets. But then the other thing, like... 
hiking pants. Can I just say, if you Google hiking pants, they are all so ugly. Why is it just a whole category of apparel? I tried on so many pairs of so-called hiking pants this weekend, and I'm not sure I can pull the trigger on any of these, frankly, because they're just too ugly. Like, why can't I think I'm going to go with just some strong tights or something? And while I'm, you know, as long as I'm railing on the ugliness of hiking pants, just a little shout out to Patagonia, which I think of as a very enlightened company because they are in so many ways. So Patagonia, the company, the not company. Patagonia, yes. the territory. Yes. Okay. That's right. That gets confusing. So I was in their store in Santa Monica the other day. They had one decent looking pair of hiking pants. And, but they only go up to size 12. Like, hmm. come on. And it's not like that's all they had in stock. That's I'm just a 14. I like right. I, and I the woman said, "Yeah, we only we only make these pants up till 12." I'm like, oh, "Okay, do really? you do you realize that half of the women in America are larger than a size 12?" And I know yeah. it's not her fault. I shouldn't have been <laughs> I shouldn't have been so mad. But I just come on, companies, we're all out there hiking. Just cuz I'm right. a size 14, it doesn't mean you don't can't make pants in my size. Yeah. So anyway, so so she said, well, maybe I can find something. Blah, blah, blah. blah. I was like, no, that's okay. that's okay. REI is across the street. I'll just go there and buy something. Oh, Liz. So- <laughs> oh, oh, that wow. was a low blow. Yeah, I well, know. Well, Leanne, I have, to, I have to say, I freaked out. Liz sent me a text. She said she bought 12 pairs of hiking socks. I was like, 12 pair? What is she doing with 12 pairs of hiking socks? Do we need 12 pairs? Well, but I you, just feel you like just, you just want a lot of flexibility in your hiking socks. Right? It just feels like you're feet are kind of the key piece of equipment you have in this whole operation. So uh, I did uh, I bought my hiking boots in October. We made this decision this summer that we yeah. were going to do this. So I bought new hiking boots, Merrill hiking boots in October so I could get them all broken in and at the same time I bought four different kinds of socks so that I could wear test my socks. So I've been wear testing socks for 2 months and I picked the ones I really liked and then I just Totally went all in on those socks because we're going to be, I don't know, am I changing my socks twice a day? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's you possible. might be. Yeah. It's possible. Right. Well, she can because she's got 12 <laughs> pairs. But she, I don't know where you're going to stick those in your day pack. So, but, yeah. uh, but Leon, I've been walking around in the rain, in my rain pants, just, just getting used to it. Because we don't have any elevation to practice on here in Dallas. <laughs> but I have been walking a lot. Uh, we've been walking in our hiking boots, uh, kind of getting ready, ready for this uh, uh, event. But uh uh, the 12 socks threw me off. Okay. There was one, one other wardrobe thing that came up. Uh, Julie and I were talking about, she wanted to know what she should wear in Buenos Aires versus when we're on the actual hiking trip. And I said, well, you know, it's going to be the middle of the summer. We're only there for one night in and out. I would just wear the same clothes. And she said, well, I have my ranch wear. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, you have a category? Well, we're going to Estancias, Liz. You know, that's a big ranch, right? Yes, we're mainly you, at you ranches. Wear ranch wear at ranches. I okay? just, but it, it's a category I do not own, ranch wear. So, Liz, go into your closet. You have a poncho. We're going to the land of gauchos, Liz. Come on. So you this must is have a-, a belt. You must have a poncho. Do <laughs> you have jeans? You have you have a, like a cowboy shirt. Come mm-hmm. on, this mm-hmm. is what you wear. 
So this is a reframing exercise, Leon. Yeah, where my I can see clothes that. that I don't think of as ranch wear or hiking wear, I'm just going to reposition, reframe everything as appropriate for hiking out on the estancias. So that's it. I have a, a guidebook for the Latin American phrases, a Spanish language guidebook, but specifically for Latin America. I have been studying the map. It's really going to be super. Yeah. We're excited. But yeah, it's we a have, very we have act- a horseback riding trip, too. So I yeah, don't know if you've been that. practicing your equestrian skills, Liz. Nope. Nope, I'm not doing that. We did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure I'm going to hike every day, frankly. Uh, we got a little survey from the organization yesterday, Leanne. So they just want to know what's important to it because there'll be a group of a dozen. So there are four of us, but there will be eight other people that we have not met yet. So they ask, what's important to you? Number one, biking, walking, or engaging in active pursuits to my heart's content. Maybe. Number two, (laughs) immersing in the culture and nature of the region. Okay, that's feeling pretty good. Mm -hmm. Immersing in the nature of the region. Number three, exploring markets, towns, local artisans. Personally, not a shopper. No, I could skip that. Number four, having time to relax and enjoy the wonderful hotels. Yeah, I think so. I'm up for three out of four of these. I don't know which ones you picked as your top priority. Very important, somewhat important, not very important, not important, Julie. I don't know. It seemed like you had to put very intense answers. I was trying to say I want to do it all. So, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to be excessive about any of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think there's a there's there should be like a number five that is sort of like steaks and Malbec, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, the we have booked reservations at an Argentinian steak restaurant here in Dallas, so we can practice <laughs> eating eating steaks. Well, that's we may wear our hiking boots and our hiking pants. <laughs> oh, to dinner. Okay. That sounds very exciting, you Mm -hmm, guys. mm -hmm. I mean, in a million years, I wouldn't do this, but it looks great. I mean, it looks beautiful. But Um, you did give us an assignment. Yes, I want to I want to travel along with you. So I, I encouraged you to really use Instagram. It's perfect for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch, couple of photos, you know, tell us where you're going, what you're doing, what you're seeing. I, I want you to I want you to get on your Instagram game. For this. We're going to do that. Right, Joel? We're Instagramming. Right. <laughs> yes. And so you have to follow us at Sat Sisters. Right. That's where we'll be doing it. We have individual Instagrams too, but most of this will be happening at uh, at Sat Sisters because you don't you don't want to spend a lot of time online no. when you're out no. doing these kinds of things out in the world. It's sort of fun to be offline. Yeah, but I think you're right. It's a photo driven epic adventure. So go to Instagram to follow along with us. Okay. So if you don't follow us already, it's at Sat Sisters. That's yes. that's where they're going to be posting these, and mm-hmm. you're Instagramming. You're doing. Doing a good job. Yeah, you're going to tackle your hashtag game, and yes. you're going to be ready. You're going to be good to go. I actually took a YouTube tutorial <laughs> on how to do this. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to do. She a po- always, she's just such an overachiever. I See know. what I mean, Liam? Twelve <laughs> pair of socks, <laughs> tutorials on Instagram. It's hard to keep up with her. I'm going to put one post about this in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group because I know many of you have been to this part of the world. So any tips you have for Julia, Julia and I, any photos you want to share, things you did while you were there, there will be a thread in the Facebook group so you can tell us what you enjoyed most about if you've been to Argentina uh, and Patagonia. And you're going to cook up a trip hashtag. We don't oh, have yeah. it yet, oh, but yeah. you're going to oh, do that. We have that. to figure that okay. out. Okay. 
All okay. right. <laughs> and while you guys are gone, I'm going to be holding down the fort here at uh, the Wendry yeah. Studios. What are you going to do without West- us? Well, not hiking. I can tell you that. <laughs> not going to be hiking. Uh, I have some special guests lined up, one of whom is our sister Sheila. She's going to be wow. coming in for the day. That's I had awesome. to book her way in advance. <laughs> and I, I'm going to also have to pick her up and carpool with her because she doesn't know how to get <laughs> and here. And bring snacks, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. But she'll be here. I also booked Lauren Bates. She runs a travel company called Wild Terrains. So people are looking at your trip and thinking, I would like to do that with a bunch of friends. Uh, Lauren does these great all-women trips to Mexico City. Oh, and uh, and where they support local female artisans and restaurants and makers and things like that. So she's going to be on. I'm looking forward to talking to her. And -hmm. then we have Beth Howard, who's the author of a new book called Hausfrau Honeymoon, about living an expat life in Germany where she had to learn the language and she fell in love. And I'm happy to talk to her. So I will be like a good one, too. I'll be holding down the fort here. But we I look forward to your adventures. That's exciting. You guys. It will be really fun. That's great. That's why I've been working on my right glute, yes, too, Liz. if you want to know where all of that came it from. It all makes sense. But now. I think we can do this. It all makes sense. All right, Joe, we have a few minutes here to do Entertaining Sisters at the end oh, of the show. I, I have a recommendation for you. Please, uh, it's now on Netflix. Please watch Roma. This is Alphonse Cuaron's movie. It's a, it's a, a tribute to a, a caregiver in his own life. It's set in Mexico City in a neighborhood called Roma in the in the seventies, I have to say the first time I attempted to watch this movie, I fell asleep. Okay, uh, but the next afternoon, I, I got myself a cup of coffee and I watched it. It was it is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. The images are just memorable. Uh, the whole storyline is gorgeous, and if you ha- were ever around in the seventies, it's so evocative of that era. So mm-hmm. I know we don't have much time, but put that on your viewing list. Roma, okay? Yeah. Well worth it. And Leon and I both saw it in the theater. And yeah. we would recommend if you are in one of the cities where it's running in a movie theater, see it, it on the great. big screen with the theater quality sound system because yeah, it the is sound really... in this movie is amazing. Uh, yeah, they do, he doesn't have a soundtrack. It's all natural sound. It's uh, it is really phenomenal. Yeah, and the tip is if you're doing your Oscar ballot. Even though I want, um, I want a Star Is Born to win all the big awards. <laughs> yes, I believe this film will take all the technical awards. Yes, because it is unbelievable. And I just want Alfonso Cuarón to go up and do the uh, acceptance speeches for all the awards. He's so because delightful, he's so handsome. Oh, I know he is. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. and thoughtful. <laughs> and then that accent. I just, I, I love his it's hair. All the, the kind of salt salt pepper. It's, yeah. This yeah. is really, but but it's it's a little slow. So, but don't be put off by that. Stick with it. Yeah, I I, I would say it's one of the. 10 best movies I've ever seen. I absolutely loved it. Wow. Loved it. Yeah, loved it. Okay, I want to recommend Mary Queen of Scots, which if you are looking for your own personal queen, Saoirse Ronan is it. (laughs) I mean, she is bringing it as her Celtic queen, Mary Queen of Scots. Totally. And then we have Margot Robbie as Queen Elizabeth. It's a really dynamic movie. And I saw people complain that it was slow. I was fully engaged every single minute Uh of of that movie. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. I absolutely loved it. I want to see it. I absolutely loved it. And it, and then I want you to listen. I want you to go see the movie and then listen to Tina Brown's new podcast, TBD, by Tina Brown, because she interviews 
the director of the film, who's a female who came from the world of theater. Mm-hmm. So think about that movie, Liz. You I, saw yes. it. Mm-hmm. It has a really interesting blocking and staging. Mm-hmm. And I said that, and then I heard that she was a theater director. I'm like, oh, that makes sense, because it's her first movie. But And then also the historian who wrote the who wrote this kind of uh, breakthrough um, biography of Mary, Queen of Scots, uh-huh. where she wasn't just this, like, ooh, Some wet, pawn and dish then, yeah. Wa- yeah, yeah, dish towel. No, she is Mary, Queen of Scots. She is Saoirse Ronan. She is my Celtic <laughs> queen. So there you go. So, I would say one thing. I watched this movie, and about halfway through, this movie is all about these showdown scenes yeah. between people. Yeah. You know, between Mary and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. but also between... Elizabeth and people that are trying to boss her around and Mary and people that are trying to boss her around. It's like snaps so many times. About halfway through, I was like, who wrote this? This is amazing. And then at the end, I saw in the credits that it was Bo Willimon who wrote it, who who wrote um, House of Cards. So first, first season of House of Cards, it has that snap to it of people betraying each other, like, calling each other out, pushing back. Oh, it okay. has a little bit of that snappiness to it. So anyway, I that part of it, there's just a lot of drama. But you're right, Leanne, I can see that the creator, the director, right. would have come from the theater because of the way those scenes play out. Yes, yes. Uh, okay. All right. What else? Oh, then one last thing. We're going to do our to-do lists. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I have a movie thing on my to-do list. But first, I have a podcast recommendation. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it is the other one that I uh, that I host, Safe for Work. The reason I'm bringing it up is because our first two episodes for 2019, they're a pair. They're sort of about how to get yourself like ready for 2019, for changes you want to make in your work, work life, and how to get more satisfaction out of the, the work that you do. So we have good advice part one part two in the first two episodes but mainly we have we it just so happens that we have four really fun interesting interviews with women who i think you will be inspired by one is Kristen meinzer who's been on our show uh she does the podcast by the book but she's she recently lost her job she has to start her work life all over again as a freelancer she's on this week's show and i thought she was really great great really really honest yeah really honest about that experience there's another woman we talked to this week called named claudine she's completely changing careers. She is, I hate to use the word firecracker, but (laughs) Claudine is a firecracker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Then last week we had two really fascinating women. One is Manoush Zamarodi, who you may know if you listened to the podcast Note to Self. It was a podcast about technology that she did. She quit that job, started her own new company with a friend and has a new podcast about that called ZigZag. But Manoush is really interesting talking about risk taking. And then the other woman, Robin, runs the animal sanctuary in Sisters, Oregon that I went to this summer. Uh, Uh It's called... Harmony Farms Sanctuary, and she was a psychotherapist in band, like working in a cube, and just one day quit her job and decided she wanted to create this farm where she would be working with both animals and individuals who had been traumatized. So it's sort of an animal therapy oh, thing, but much more ambitious than that. Yeah. But it was more what's interesting about this particular interview is she just had this epiphany, like literally like 
threw it down one day at work and stomped out, which unsafe for work we do not recommend. It's just not a strategy that works for most of us. Anyway, Robin is super fun to listen to. So if you're not already listening to Safe for Work or subscribed, I think our first two shows of the year you might find particularly interesting if you're a Satellite Sisters listener. Excellent, Liz. All right. First, we want to thank our uh, sponsors. We would like to thank MeUndies, Brooklinen, Care.com, and Ritual for supporting this week's Satellite Sisters. And thanks to all of you in the Satellite Sisterhood for supporting the people that support us. We'd like to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. We'd like to thank him for showing up today, <laughs> even though I didn't remind him to show up today. <laughs> professional. He's a professional. Hi. <laughs> so, he's a true professional. I had a complete panic on the way to work that no one was going to be here to engineer the show, but that was not the case. So happy to see Sergio walk through the door. Um, I want to do our to-do list, Liz. Did you want to mention the Facebook group? Before yeah, we do oh, one thing I'm loving in the Facebook group, and please, more, more, more. For those of you that bought some Satellite Sisters merch over the holidays, when you post the photos of, you know, yourselves in it, or your sisters in it, or your mom, or your satellite mister, or your kids in the Urban Nana stuff, it's just super fun for us to see yes, it is. the Satellite Sisters merch out in the wild. So share as many photos of that in the Facebook group as you want, because that's We just love seeing it. Exactly. Great. All right. To-do list for the week. Liz, what's on your list? Well, mine is kind of a movie thing. Tonight, you know, this is the time of year that in Los Angeles we call award season. Uh And it means that movie theaters around town are doing special things to try to campaign for an Oscar or SAG award or something. And there's a small movie theater in my neighborhood that does a lot of these special screenings. So tonight, Julie, because you recommended First Man... Right. I, I never saw that. It came and went from the theater so quickly, but you loved it so much. I did. I only saw maybe two thirds of it. One third of it you really can't watch because you are like you feel like you're in a rocket ship being blasted into <laughs> space. And the motion is is just extreme. So okay. you'll be looking down. But the two thirds that you can watch, I think you're gonna find it to be a very interesting kind of take on our space program. Okay. Yep. And because this is a like a campaign screening Damien Chazelle, the director, and Claire Foy, who plays Mrs. Neil Armstrong, right? Uh, Yes. They're both going to be there for a panel afterwards. So They should not be shaking, so you should be able to look (laughs) at them straight on. That will be good. But this is on your recommendation. I didn't know I wasn't going to be able to watch a third of it, but I'll bring a blindfold. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Or Dramamine. Bird box it. Bird box Bird box All right. Uh, On my to-do list, I have to do a speech tomorrow. It's a speech that the date has been moved about 800 times in the last 18 months. So I'm pretty sure I'm just going to forget to go to the speech. And this is my worst nightmare, that there is a lovely luncheon with 100 women in their twin sets sitting there waiting for me, and I forget to go. So I just, I know they're electronic. Do you want me to call you in the morning? I almost need that. I, I just feel like even if I got an electronic reminder, go to the speech, I'm going to forget to go to the speech. But I have to go to the speech tomorrow. Okay, good luck with that. Jewel, how about you? What do you have on your to-do list? I am going to Home Depot with my new dog, Oliver, because Oliver is overly enthusiastic when he meets and greets people and and other uh, pets. So I, I dog trainer friends said, well, you should take him to Home Depot, walk around in Home Depot, make him heal on a leash, uh, get him desensitized. Uh, so that's where you'll find me this afternoon in wow. the garden department <laughs> or maybe in the appliance <laughs> department with Oliver. Have, have, have you ever been like to a Home Depot? Yeah, you can. Apparently, you can bring dogs. No, that's but, what you told me. Told me to do. I'll find it's out. News Liam. to you. 
<laughs> yes, a lot of people bring their dogs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people bring their dogs to my coffee shop on the way to work. That I don't understand. It's <laughs> is that legal? I thought the health regulations did not allow. It's like ten there dogs. was food being served. I, I can't understand this coffee bean and tea leaf. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Okay. Sounds good. We got a wrap here. We got a wrap. Everybody, whoo. Uh, Happy New Year. Fun first show. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>